Hello everyone, my name is Shahad Islam. Um, I run this podcast for agency.managecoder.com where I do talk to other agency owner or everyone who is involved with agency to talk about their agency and the process and this dev mostly. So today we have a guest, uh, Zach Drew. Um, he works in an agency and I found him um, when I saw him that uh, their agency has been selected on the top, uh, Clutch top 100, I think. Is it 100, Zach? Yep. Mm -hmm. So congrats first and uh, thank you for joining our podcast. Uh, so can you introduce yourself? Sure. Hey everybody, Zach Drew here. I am one of the five partners here at Blue Label and I oversee client solutions, which in other words means sales, marketing, partnerships and account management. Thank you. So Zach, um, over the last 17 years, uh, a lot of us who start an agency, whether it is software development or digital, you know, one of the struggle I see that, you know, how do we start and how do we grow? And BizDev is a big problem. And when you told me, we were talking earlier that, you know, you've been running the BizDev, you know, how did you guys start, you know, you know, did you guys have a BizDev team when you started the agency or, you know, maybe mm. a bit more about the agency, how you guys started? Sure. So Blue Label Labs, we've been around for 10 years. I joined about three years into that. So I've been here for seven. Uh, when we started, it was really mainly just the founders who were building apps, complex websites for friends, family, other folks that they met along the way, and sort of to turn that into an agency. Uh, so there were, we had a website up when I joined, and that was about it. So it was my job to go and find other clients or convince them that we were the, the right choice, which mainly meant pretty early stage entrepreneurs with just enough money for us to build something for them. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that is a typical scenario. I have seen it again and again that you start with you know, founder, like me and my wife started, and within network, you build you know, business and then mm -hmm. you hit you know, you start, you need to start growing, right? And that's where you need the BizDev. So when you took over the BizDev, what did you, how did you start? Maybe a little bit more about how did you guys start and how does it work on the BizDev? If somebody is listening who has no idea how to do the business development for a software mm -hmm. development agency, how do you, how do they start? Yeah, sure. I think I started with revamping the website. I think the website needed some some work uh, to be able to present ourselves better. So I started with that and really focused on case studies and be able to show off past work, I think is the most important thing for most websites. And from there, it was about creating the right business listings for the company uh, across the internet, wherever business listings can be posted. So I think at this point, Blue Label probably has 300, 350 business listings everywhere a business like ours could be listed. And I think that's part of it. Uh, part of the battle is to make sure you're everywhere you can be so that no matter how anyone's trying to find you, they can. And so I think it was mainly website, business listings. And, and then we also discovered clutch along the way, which became a big component of our, our lead generation. Okay. So how do you guys do the lead generation right now? Is it any outbound, inbound? How, I mean, how many team members on your team right now to mm -hmm. the BizDev? Yeah, so my BizDev team is two client-facing sales team members, a sales support team member, 
and the marketing function is, is really taken care of by me, our co-founder, and we've got a writer who's mainly full-time with us to write content. And then we have two agencies, one for SEO purposes and to help us with that, link building campaigns, meaning going out and getting other folks to uh, provide us a backlink from a, a high quality domain is one main uh, channel that we use. And then social media agency as well, who helps with our social presence and, and social ads as well. Uh, but in terms of source of leads for us, the majority of leads still come inbound. And that would be 90% of leads come inbound, which means we need to be everywhere and also have a great website that converts well. So, you know, website focus is, is pretty big for us and to make sure it's as good as it can be and as conversion focused as it can be. And then Clutch is a big source of leads. Clutch, so how did you become like, you know, a lot of people have good rating. Even I have talked to many agency owners, they have thousands of clients they serve but I cannot even find them on cloud. How did you guys become a top leader on the cloud? Yeah, it's a it's a mix of paying for placement. We pay a pretty penny to be at the top list for global app devs every month. It's a pretty steep price tag, which puts us really above everybody else in the list. And that's one, one way. But then there's an organic component of that or a perhaps more real component of that where it is about reviews and quality of past clients and quality of reviews types of clients size of clients uh, awards all of those things are, are, are used to determine where you fall on the the clutch list and so we we aim to optimize those things stay in close contact with our clutch representative and make sure they understand what new things we have launching soon uh, so that's it's a big source. Uh, and then you mentioned outbound. Outbound is about 10% of our leads and we've done a lot more of it in the last year, year and a half. And that tends to be cold outreach via email, a bit of cold calling, a bit of cold uh, LinkedIn outreach, but mainly email and lots of A-B testing to figure out what messages are resonating, what subject lines are working and figuring out who the right targets are for us. And generally it's CMOs, CTOs, uh, C-suite, heads of product, those tend to be the, the roles we approach from an outbound perspective. Thank you, Zach. And I think this is, you know, when I talk to other uh, successful entrepreneur or biz dev who is running their biz dev department on agency, one thing they mentioned that discipline is very important, right? You did not just started seven years ago and did some SEO or did some things. Uh, you mentioned that all very specific 300 places where you listed the website. Can you little bit? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that is a common theme I have seen that these people who are being successful, they are very consistent with their biz dev. You know, it's kind of marketing and social media and other approach also. You've been mm -hmm. you tell, talking about that you are regularly keeping in touch with the class class representative to make sure that you are on the same page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. Consistency is important. I think it's just knowing where to spend the next hour, the next dollar, and figure out what's working, what's not from a marketing perspective. And for us, it's uh, it's been really content heavy, right? Whether it's content for our website, for SEO purposes, content on the website 
because it's relevant to the people we want to approach from an outbound perspective, being able to link to great articles or, or to have content that again can be used for social media ads and, and the like. It all really comes down to having great content from my perspective. Mm-hmm. If you don't have great content, who's going to be listening to you? Nobody, nobody really cares. So you've got to have that as a starting point. Yeah. So talking about that, like you mentioned that you actually outsource um, the SEO part to another agency. And one of the biggest challenge I see that a lot of agencies do not have a separate like dev. forget about marketing department. So um, how do you like trust someone outside and, you know, do you guys just outsource or you have to have some knowledge what exactly you are doing? Because when I hear SEO and even a lot of my colleagues and people I ask, they have kind of question mark about outsourcing what if i get blacklisted so how do you make sure the quality is maintained and you know whom do you outsource the seo part what would you your suggestion to other agency owner yeah it's important it's a it's a funny space seo is it's a mix of doing the right thing maybe some gray hat stuff and, and generally steering away from black hat stuff which is very doable but not advisable generally it's an easy way to get blacklisted as you mentioned so for us it was about finding a good a good partner and we found a good one here in new york who does great work they're called tactical with a k t a k i c a l and they uh they do a great job at, at the seo front they just know the right strategy they help hone keywords they help us choose keywords for articles and do audits of the website and the main thing they do is is that link building outbound email work to get those backlinks and on average at this point we're getting about 10 10 backlinks a month uh from quality domains you know sort of domain authority of 40 or above tends to be the target ideally even higher than that and at a, at a pace of 10 a month that's that's pretty good that, that really does help our our SEO ranking, I know that for us, it's all about getting first page keywords, top five keywords. And I think even in the last, we've had a really great couple of months, partly driven by Google, our, our lovely overlords, the changing algorithms to that have helped us. And, and so we've, we've gotten, I think it was like 20 or 30 first page, new first page keywords in the last couple of months, each month. Uh, which is great, right? That just means that we're we're going to be found for those those keywords much more readily than we ever were before. So we're we're really pleased with the the SEO progress, and it, it definitely shouldn't be ignored. It's super important. Thank you. Um, one thing you mentioned about um, hiring a content writer full time, right? I remember when I asked my finance or you know uh, other department or other manager that let's get content team. And they were like, we are development team. Why should we get a content like just outsource? And we tried it until we found out a dedicated person makes a huge difference. Even the status you put it, post it on the social media, a content writer can make it a huge difference. Before I was spending time and I was wasting my time, I would say. Mm-hmm. And writing article by a right, I mean, our developers sometimes they don't they don't want to write article. But a content mm-hmm. writer can go on a call with a developer and just listen to him and just write an article on behalf of him. 
how do you get into content writing and what is your advice to the agency owner that why they need to invest early to get some result for content? Yeah, uh, I think it's namely because writing is 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 a skill set and not a lot of people have it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, to... I'm really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy to write for the right audience as well. Uh, you have to have the right tone. You have to figure out what your tone is. and. You know, we try to be uh, authentic and friendly, but have a pretty straightforward point of view. It tends to be our, our, our sort of way of writing. And, and then it's coming up with great topics, but you're right that if you don't have somebody dedicated to it who is good at writing and starts to learn your agency too, right? It's, it, if you outsource, they don't know anything about you and it, it, they're not gonna spend the time because they're not paid that way to learn about you and know what you do in and out. And so for us, having a writer in-house has made it easier. They know who we are. They know what we do. They can come up with topics on their own. Or even if we give them a, we give a writer a quick outline of, hey, this is the topic. Here's a few bullets that we're thinking about. He knows exactly how to spin it for our audience and to uh, make it relevant to our content and what we do. So it's been super useful. Mm -hmm. No, I think um, you put a valid point that, and I think as an entrepreneur, most of the agency owner are, or, you know, they just don't think that it is, you know, is worth spending that amount of money for something which they will not get returned. We are always thinking about return of investment. So I think this is where, uh, you know, I feel like is something, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs should do, invest money right now, and in two years, it will give them return. Other part you mentioned that outbound email. You know, I do talk to do talk to a lot of agency owner and they go crazy about outbound email. Uh, I remember in 2001 or two, when I started doing freelancing, I used to send email to Craigslist that time. And at one point every day, I was just doing email to everyone. Even they were not looking for a website, I would just send an email. The mm -hmm. success was so low. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it always reminds me that those kind of, you know, I would have, should have picked 15 people whom actually I can serve better. So mm -hmm. for me, I always think that when I talk to entrepreneur, they just go ahead and get anybody. And I receive a lot of these emails. They know that I have a team in India. They're still sending it to me from there. You know, most likely I will not hire them. You are just wasting your time. So what are your three advice or few advice for outbound email campaign? You talked about some A-B testing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Specifically, though, those who are, whom I am targeting, they are sending email from agency from India and Philippines and other places, sending it to mm -hmm. us where they are not adding any value. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think first and foremost, A-B testing is important to figure out what is the right subject line to get the email opened in the first place. And we found we found really simple ones work the best. Things like um, tell me tell me more about blank company names app or improving blank company's name app. Despite the fact that those are super boring subject lines those get the highest open rates um, and, and at this point we're running something like somewhere between 50 and 70 percent open rates uh, wow. with, with headlines like that so they're they're clearly working reply reply rates are much lower um you know we think a great reply rate would be 10 percent we're more like 
three or four these days, um, just fine, right? It's just about targeting. But it is it is a volume game. I, I think there's while it's important to figure out who are the right people that you want to get this message from a company perspective and from a titles perspective. It's still a numbers game. You really do have to send a lot of emails, and I don't think I'd I don't think you'd, I'd shy away from sending saying it's important to send as many as you can in a, in a day, depending on you know, the health of your domain and the like. So you know, from our perspective, if you're sending more than uh, 100 emails a day from any one domain, you're probably running some risks. So we just buy a bunch of domains or we have a bunch of domains and we send from a variety of domains we don't really care about so that if they did in the off chance get blacklisted, we don't necessarily care. But we also try to prevent that from happening in the first place. And we do that by... Uh, by only sending a certain volume. We don't send more than 100 emails a day from an email address. We make sure the emails are separated by uh, at least a few minutes a piece so that it doesn't look like it's a, a bot doing it. And as long as you do that, you're, you're in a pretty good spot and you can have as many email addresses as you want that are doing that. Uh, so it's been working for us. Uh, what CRM system you guys are using? Any suggestions, what is better? Would you try any different ones? CRM, we use Zendesk Cell, which used to be called Base, and it got bought by Zendesk. Okay. And it's good, it's simple, it's nothing fancy, and it's, I, I don't think we'd ever need, in the foreseeable future, a, you know, a Salesforce like Rocketship. It's too much, it's yeah. way, way too heavy for an agency to need that kind of software. So we find the simple ones to be the best, and we've, we've been super happy with Zendesk Cell. Uh, it, we don't use it to send emails. Um, we could, you can if you want, but we don't. Um, they do get tracked via the CRM, which is important. But we do use a, another email engine called Persist for our outbound email efforts, which uh, helps orchestrate the the autofill of company names and other information, and mm -hmm. also does the yeah, so that personalization element, and it also does the the timing of the send so that it doesn't send within a couple of minutes of, of each email. So persist is what, is what we use for Deep that. campaign, right? Deep campaign. So yeah, I think uh, one thing I learned last two years that outbound email, of course, you have to send a lot because competition is high um, and consistency. Um, you cannot start an agency yesterday. I mean, I got three calls yet last week because of the podcast that, uh, oh, they outsourced to another agency, they got a domain name and they're like, oh, I bought the domain, I set it up. I said, no, it won't work. <laughs> Google is smarter than you. You have to buy domain a year ago. You have to warm the email address, you warm the IP address, it will take you. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, people need to show patience there, right? Um, mm -hmm. What I found out uh, and other thing is consistency, you talked about volume is very important, but End point is that your 10% sales come from outbound email. In our case, less than that, 5%. Going back to the biz depth, the last part, which is um, we are running out of time, but how important is your existing client to give you the, I mean, why biz depth working with your existing client is important? Because that is the part where people are, you know, if you think about biz depth is about outbound email, you are going to, only going to make 10,000 a month where you need 100,000, right? Why, mm -hmm. where is the other 90,000, Jack? Yeah. 
there's surely something to be said for, for keeping your existing clients around and happy and, and making good referrals. Uh, I think for an agency early days, they're probably working with relatively small clients. So there probably isn't much of the, call it an inside sales strategy that's possible, meaning inside sales tends to be useful when you're working with a bigger, bigger customer, for instance. So, you know, we work with iHeartMedia, Time Magazine, uh, Bloomberg. So for us, inside sales is, okay, we're working for one product manager, maybe a few at that company. How can we get in front of other product managers within that company to see if they have other digital products we could help with? And so inside sales becomes important when you're working at companies of a certain scale. Uh, but before that, about keeping your current clients happy, making sure you've got good, they can be good references for you, whether it be on review sites or for other customers that are gonna wanna talk to them to understand if you're legit and good. And so you're gonna need those references. So you need, you need happy clients to start, that's for sure. Thank you. And do you guys do anything specific to keep up or keep in touch with your client? Because one thing I found out, even my experience that I have a list of client where from our top level managers or we actually a biz dev person is assigned just to keep in touch with them maybe even um, just view their linkedin profile so that guy who works on a top company or your existing client know that you are out there or just say hi to him any any other advice for existing client keep up like or how to get referral from them mm -hmm. yeah definitely depending on the client meeting with them from an account management perspective, uh, depends on our client. Sometimes it's once a week where me or my team meet with them. Sometimes it's every other week. Sometimes it's once a month. It depends on the client and their needs and, and how important they are to us. But the, the other aspect of that is asking for referrals. It, it really just is a matter of asking the question. That gets you most of the way there. Most people just don't ask. And if you don't ask, you're surely not going to get any. Um, but the strategy we've taken is well, one ask, but secondarily, it's, it's even looking at that person's LinkedIn network, uh, going through it completely. If they share their followers, seeing who they're connected to, and we send emails to, to our clients to say, hey, we see you're connected to these four or five people. You know, are, are you friendly enough with any of them to make a, a warm introduction? So we, we tee it up for them. We say, here, these are the people you know that we want to know. And that works really well. Because it, it it just it, it simplifies it, and, and most people won't deny you that if they know that person. Sometimes they don't, right? LinkedIn's like that. You get a lot of connections you don't know. But assuming that the person is connected to them and knows them, they'll make that introduction pretty quickly. That's really good advice, uh, Jack. Um, we ran out of time. Thank you for your time today. Um, how do uh, is, if people want to contact you? What is the best way of um, contacting you? Sure, it'd be uh, going to our website, www.bluelabellabs.com or emailing us at contact at bluelabellabs.com. Thank you. Very nice talking to you. Great and to meet you, John. Thanks. Thank you. Take Talk care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.